this little beer you gave me got me in the zone. Oh, yeah? yeah I'm feeling like the Jordan of recording. Okay. Um, you said you had nowhere to go. Yeah. I remember some a situation like that in my life. This time a year and some change ago, mm-hmm. I was broke, facing eviction. Um... All my money would go to paying my debt off and shit. You know, I wasn't homeless, but I was broke as fuck. Yeah. To the point where it affected the amount of food I ate per day. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I had to ration my food and shit. Yeah. Um, can you just speak on those nights and those times? Because when I reflect back, even a year from now, I mean, at this point now, that was some of my best times for some damn reason. I don't know why. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, you was the most live. And uh, what race was this dude? Hmm? What race was this dude? He's black. Black, god damn mm-hmm. it. Oh, damn. Shit. Sorry. I fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um. It took me five days to press charges. Um. I lied to everybody and told them that I fell and hit my mouth in the concrete. So I went over to my parents' house to have dinner one night, and my sister's a paramedic, and my parents just kind of looked at me, and I broke down, and they were like, Mary, that's not really what happened, is it? And I was like, no, that's that's not what happened. And, um, And I didn't have to tell them what happened. Because I know where the cuts or scrapes or bruises or anything. Um, and my lips have swollen to the size of, like, Kardashian lips, I say, because they were mm. huge. I believe, and this is a hot take, I think this is going to cause issues. It comes from women showing that they're lenient. And even in the 15% of men that get beat on, they show that they're lenient and they let shit go. Mm-hmm. What do you believe about that? I believe it's true. Uh-oh. This wasn't my first abusive relationship. This was just my first abusive relationship that got to this. What type of drugs was your boyfriend on that you discovered? It started out as coke and ended up as crack. Mm. Yeah. Now, would you participate in these pro- these drugs? He- no, since I was about 17. And almost every relationship except one has been abusive. And I think that's because I keep looking for the wrong kind of people. And I put up with whatever kind of crap they put my way. And I don't know why. I think it has something to do with always putting up with people's crap growing up. And just dealing with it. And just, that's just the way it was, you know. So I turned to walk away, um, he snatched up my head or whatever, and so I turned around and he hit me and then threw me on the bed, and then as I turned, I came back up off the bed, and as I turned around, he punched me, and when he punched me, he hit my tooth, um, he knocked the whole thing out from the root went through my lip 
at my job, I'm actually doing something where we're helping the Battered Women's Shelter. Mm-hmm. Um, collecting, like, donations and stuff to help them out because they helped me out when I needed help. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to help other women and children who need help when they have nowhere to go. Right. Because um, at one point, I had nowhere to go either. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, as much as I can, I'd like to. And, you know, I'm trying to reach out to any woman who feels like they can't get out of that situation. Like, now I feel that I could really open up and talk to somebody. Um, did you have domestic violence in your household growing up? I didn't. You sure? I promise. You look like you want to tell a story. But you don't want to tell a story. No, my dad never beat my mom. Oh, okay. I promise. (laughs) (laughs) Side question from that. Do you like dudes who do that versus a dude who is busy all day? Just a real quick question. I like a guy that's gonna spend time on me. Yeah. Just text you all throughout the day while y'all both at work and shit. Yeah, I mean, I think it's sweet. To a point. Ugh. <laughs> what? I mean, I'm just busy. I don't have time to text. No, I mean, like I understand, like, if you're busy and you're working and stuff, that's one thing. But, uncle, no. whole family. My theory on women beaters, men, mm-hmm. is that they come from a background where that is also... You know, in that same household. Do you believe he came from that background? He did. He shared it with me. Where are you from? I'm here from Charlotte. Born and raised. Born and raised. What school did you go to? Piedmont High School. Where the fuck is Piedmont High School? <laughs> <laughs> um, out towards like Monroe, North I've Carolina. Never heard of Piedmont High School. It's way out in the sticks. Um, he was stealing from me and taking mm. my auto- items and pawning them off at the phone shop for drug money. Mm-hmm. Therapy. Yeah. You went to see a professional therapist. Yeah. What is that like? Because I want to interview a professional therapist. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, from your perspective as being the uh, rehabbed person in the therapy session... What is that like for you? Honestly, it's been life changing mm-hmm. because I don't think I can make it day to day without my therapist. Mm. Your it's your boy Robbie Dean back with another one of those fire ass episodes of me Blanc Amigo, and this is episode twenty seven: Surviving Domestic Violence. What would you do? Word to City High. Yeah, in this episode, man, I take a long road trip out into the middle of nowhere to get one of these dope-ass exclusives from uh, my friend Meredith. And um, it started out as a domestic violence episode, but it linked more, it headed more into the depression and therapy avenue so uh it pretty much went all over but throughout the episode i tried to stay on track with uh her being a victim of dv uh where she would meet these men because she said that she's only been in one relationship where she wasn't abused um how he won her over signs of his abusive traits 
dating someone that's clingy versus uh, someone who allows you to free roam. Um, the drug habits her abusers had, uh, the type of drugs they would abuse. And um, yeah, my theory on the type of households abusers come from. Uh, other than that, man, we talk about other things, you know, dealing with being homelessness, dealing with being homeless, being flat broke, um, her enrolling in the Safe Alliance program to stay safe, uh, her overall thoughts and beliefs on therapy, and um, yeah, the percentage of women that go through domestic violence, man, you already know. I'm always stepping my content up in 19, trying to actually talk about something that's beneficial to the people or for the people. So you already know, man, follow my Instagram at R-O-B-E-I-W-H-Y. And like always, like always, like always, baby, like, comment, subscribe, like the white girls in the valley say. Aha! I'm out. reason i really wanted to bring you in was to bring in to speak on your story to bring in awareness to little girls and i want to pick your brain because i believe it's psychology behind domestic violence and where it goes so off rip i want to get the story of what happened okay a through z tell me what happened did you agitate them all day what happened Okay, well, my story is the guy that I was dating at the time, uh, apparently he was really big into drugs, mm -hmm. which I didn't realize how heavily his addiction was. Um, he was stealing from me and taking mm. my items and pawning them off at the pawn shop for drug money. Mm hmm and I came home from working um, both jobs that day, and I realized that like four or five of my purses were missing again. And I said, where's my purses at? And he was like, I don't want to talk about it. I was like, no, it's a good time to talk about it right now. Mm -hmm. So we got in a little argument. Not, you know, just verbal, not wanting to talk about it. So, he laid his phone down on the bed and just pretty much laid out and said, I'm not talking about it. So, I turned to walk away. Um, he snatched at my head or whatever. And so, I turned around and he hit me and then threw me on the bed. And then... As I turned, I came back up off the bed, and as I turned around, he punched me. And when he punched me, he hit my tooth. Um, he knocked the whole thing out from the root, went through my lip. So I had a huge, like, gash in mm -hmm. my lip. Mm -hmm. And I had to get stitches on the top of my lip, on the inside of my lip. And um, I had to get... Like a bone graft. I'm in the process of getting an implant now because I didn't have a I don't have a tooth there. I didn't have a root to the tooth. Mm. Um. So yeah, there was 
you know, it was pretty traumatic. All right, so I think I figured out when Domestic Violence Awareness Day is. When? Thursday, October 24th, 2019. Oh, is there in October? October 24th. Okay. So, off we know that Domestic Violence Awareness Day is 24th of October. We needed to figure that out. But, um, going back to the story, your boyfriend, um, real quick, how long had y'all had been dating up to that point? About a year. A year? Mm-hmm. And uh, let's just go ahead and deep dive into that. Then I'm going to come back to this question. Where did y'all meet? How did y'all meet? How did he pursue you? How did he swindle you and win you over and all that good shit? We met at an apartment complex at a pool party. Um, Neither one of us was supposed to be there, but we both showed up to this pool party. Um... He asked for my number. Well, long story short, he asked for my number. I gave it to him the same day we met. We actually wanted to go out that night. Went to the movies. No big deal. Uh, we started talking then, and we've been talking ever since. Mm. Um. How did he win you over? To the point where you thought, this is who I'm trying to move in with and be with. He was always very, very sweet. Like, he was always, he was always smiling. He was always happy. He was always very sweet to me. Um, he gave me compliments a lot. Um, he called me all the time, texted me all the time. Uh. Just paid me a lot of attention. And, um, side question from Nat. Do you like dudes who do that? Versus a dude who was busy all day? Just a real quick question. I like a guy that's going to spend time on me. Yeah. Just text you all throughout the day while y'all both at work and shit? Yeah, I mean, I think it's sweet. To a point. Ugh. <laughs> what? I mean, I'm just busy. I don't have time to text No, I mean, like I that. understand, like, if you're busy and you're working and stuff, that's one thing. But... If you have free time, then yeah, why not text a girl? That's true. I work a very handsy job, so. Well, see, that's different. He didn't. Yeah, okay. So. All right, so back to the story. Um, you known him for one year. At what point did y'all move in together? We moved in very quickly. At what month? You said it was a year. It's like, let's see, that would have been probably like month six. Mm. Yeah. Month six. Yeah. Instantly when you move in, what was the first flaw about him you noticed? Uh, he started not really wanting to go to work. Mm. Yeah. And he, he wanted me to pay for everything all the time. Uh, yeah. And was you willing to do it? I did because I didn't really realize what was going on at first. And uh, what race was this dude? Hmm? What race was this dude? He's black. Black, god damn mm -hmm. it. Oh, damn. Shit. Sorry. Done fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> did you meet any of his parents at any... Yeah, I met his mom and his whole family, actually. His sister, <coughs> his uncle 
Now, my theory on women beaters, men, mm-hmm. is that they come from a background where that is also, you know, in that same household. Do you believe he came from that background? He did. He shared it with me. So, you would see motherfuckers, like, they were arguing shit in front of you? He did. I mean, his dad had already passed. Mm-hmm. So, I never met his father. But the stories that he would tell me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess his dad used to beat on his mom, and it was just normal for him to see that. Mm. Yeah. All right, so, so far we got his background story, the story, and why I got you here. So let's get your story. Where are you from? I'm here from Charlotte. Born and raised. Born and raised. What school did you go to? Piedmont High School. Well, fuck is Piedmont High School. <laughs> um, outdoors like Monroe, North I've Carolina. Never heard of Piedmont High School. It's way out in the sticks. Okay. Yeah. Um, what type of childhood did you have growing up? Um, I was the oldest of five. Um, I didn't really. I feel like I didn't really get a whole lot of attention growing up because there was five kids. I had to take care of them. Mm. So, yeah. Um, I started working when I was like 12, babysitting. What was going on in your household that caused you to have to start working? Um, my parents started telling me if I wanted stuff, I had to pay for it. If I wanted food, if I wanted clothes, if I wanted a car, I was going to have to pay for it. So, I had to start saving up money. Mm. And uh, what led you to leave out of that town and come to Charlotte? Or closer to Charlotte? Mm, I'm more like a city girl. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so... Let's get to some of these facts real quick. Um, I wanted to ask you, was your man, did he always have a um, violence, uh, a history of a violence pattern? If that came out right? Unfortunately, I found out he has a huge record. Of what? Assault against females. What? Yeah. I didn't know it because it's not the first thing that you do is Google somebody's name Mm -hmm. or whatever. But he had over 13 assault on female charges since 1990. Mm. And that's only as far back as we could look. Um, What percentage of women do you think is of the domestic violence creed? What percentage? Yeah. Like, of the domestic violence reports, how percentage? How many percentage do you think it is of women? How many women do you think are getting beat of that percentage? I can actually tell you because... I got the answer right here. Oh, you do? I just want you to guess it. Oh, um, it's probably really high up there. 85%? You're right on the head. What was it? 85%. No, uh <laughs> Really? <laughs> Dang. Okay. Um, 
Boys who witness domestic violence are two times as likely to abuse their own partners and children when they become adults. That's why I asked you that question earlier. I um, did you have domestic violence in your household growing up? I didn't. You sure? I promise. You look like you want to tell a story, but you don't want to tell a story. No, my dad never beat my mom. Oh, okay. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Every nine seconds in the U.S., a woman is assaulted or beaten. Do you believe that fact? Yeah. Okay. And 60 to 80% of intimate partner homicides, no matter which partner was killed, the man physically abused the woman before the murder. You believe that? Um, I guess it could be true. All right, so... As a victim of domestic violence, I believe, and this is a hot take, I think this is going to cause issues. It comes from women showing that they're lenient. And even in the 15% of men that get beat on, they show that they're lenient and they let shit go. Mm -hmm. What do you believe about that? I believe it's true. Um, this wasn't my first abusive relationship. This was just my first abusive relationship that got to this extent. I need um, to know the other stories. No, no, you don't. I need <laughs> this is just the one that got to the point that kind of woke me up. And I was like, this is the only one I pressed charges on. Mm. Um, because honestly, this like deformed me. I'm like, yeah. I mean, I'm missing a freaking tooth, you know? Yeah. Um, but... No, since I was about 17, at almost every relationship except one has been abusive. And I think that's because I keep looking for the wrong kind of people. And I put up with whatever kind of crap they put my way. Mm. And I don't know why. I think it has something to do with always putting up with people's crap growing up. Mm. And just dealing with it. Yeah. And just... That's just the way it was, you know? Did you come from a household where your mother was lenient? My, not where my mother was lenient, no. My mom was a very hard woman. Very strict? Yes, very. Okay. My dad was way lenient. Okay, so you come from a household where your mother set a lot of rules yeah. and your dad would be the one to sneak you ice cream later. Yes. Oh, okay. yes. Okay, so I'm trying to see how I can tie that into the psychology of domestic violence, but I don't see where. Um, I had an original question. What type of drugs was your boyfriend on that you discovered? It started out as coke and ended up as crack. Mm. Yeah. Now, would you participate... In these pro these drugs, he did it without me. He did it behind my back. All of it. All of it. I never once saw the drugs. Mhm. Mm but I could tell he was high sometimes. Mhm. Mm yeah. Now, being a victim of domestic violence. Mhm. Mm are you picket? Are you protesting? Are you you pushing for it? Or you just got your own shit to handle in life and ain't got time for it? 
What you mean, protesting? Like, y'all have a whole movement behind being victims of being beaten yeah. by your loved ones. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Are you helping pushing that movement? I'm doing my part by trying to support victims of domestic violence. Mm -hmm. Like, at my job, I'm actually doing something where we're helping the Batter Women's Shelter. Mm -hmm. Um, collecting like donations and stuff to help them out because they help me out when I needed help. Mm. So I'm trying to help other women and children who need help when they have nowhere to go. Right. Um, because at one point I had nowhere to go either. Mm. Um, so, yeah, as much as I can, I'd like to. And, it, you know, I'm trying to reach out to any woman who feels like they can't get out of that situation. Like, now I feel that I could really open up and talk to somebody. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, I've been there, I've done that, and... This is the first like, time I've actually talked about it, you know? Yeah. And it's it's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got another angle you just said that I want to go into. Okay. This little beer you gave me got me in the zone. Oh, right yeah? yeah? I'm feeling like the Jordan of recording. Okay. Um, you said you had nowhere to go. Yeah. I remember some a situation like that in my life. This time a year and some change ago, mm -hmm. I was broke, facing eviction. Um, all my money would go to paying my debt off and shit. Mm -hmm. You know, I wasn't homeless, but I was broke as fuck. Yeah. To the point where it affected the amount of food I ate per day. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I had to ration my food and shit. Yeah. Um, can you just speak on those nights and those times? Because when I reflect back, even a year from now, I mean, at this point now, that was some of my best times for some damn reason. I don't know why. Really? Yeah. It was some of my scariest. That's what I'm saying? Like, like, you was the most live. Honestly, about a month ago, it was in December. Um, Because all this stuff happened back in March. Mm -hmm. I've been bouncing around from place to place, from friend to friend. Um, it's just been me and my dog, and he's been there. The only thing that's been there for me through all of this has been my dog. Um, so if I can't go, if he can't go, I can't go. Mm -hmm. um, so I've been sleeping on friends', friends couches. Um, my parents... They were kind of supporting me after the whole situation happened. Let me stay there for a little while. Um, but my relationship with my parents is kind of strained. So my time was like, <laughs> I used up that time. Yeah. So I've been bouncing around from place to place. And um, I had to stay at my ex-husband's house for a while, which was an hour away. Mm-hmm. And, um, they, the landlord all of a sudden decided he wanted to remodel and sell the place we were living and gave us a month's notice. Damn. 
and I had nowhere to go. So this was in December and um, I had no money saved up. I was legitimately looking at sleeping in my car because I had nowhere to go and the only thing I could pay for was my car payment. Mm. I couldn't pay my car payment and rent. So I just figured I would pay my car payment and just sleep in the car and I was going to let Jack sleep at my friend's house because at least he could be warm at night. I mean, I didn't care if I had to sleep there. And then this situation happened where I found the place I'm staying at right now. Mm. Um and it's working out pretty good. It's more affordable. Mm. Living in Charlotte's expensive as hell. Yeah. So, um, but the Safe Alliance did call me and help me to figure out some places that I could actually afford. Um, what is the Safe Alliance? It's part of the Battered Women's Shelter. What? They give you um, options of living arrangements. That's what this was? No, not this. But they um, helped me. They gave me some different options. Like, um, what are they called it? Um, Income-based living? Mm. More um, so. Uh, safe, like, more like safe haven living kind of thing. Even though he's in jail right now, just cool. to feel safe where I live is... He's in jail for what he did to you? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Because I press charges. The only time I've ever pressed charges. But I still feel scared. Mm-hmm. So, just to feel safe where I'm living, I guess, is a big mm -hmm. deal, you know? Now, one of my questions to you, uh, describe the process of, from you pressing charges to you going into this women's program, to you finding this safe alliance thing. Like, explain that process to me. Um... I had to press charges. I had to, um, it took me five days to press charges. Um, I lied to everybody and told them that I fell and hit my mouth on the concrete. So I went over to my parents' house to have dinner one night, and my sister's a paramedic, and my parents just kind of looked at me, and I broke down, and they were like, Meredith, that's not really what happened, is it? And I was like, no, that's that's not what happened. Mm -hmm. And um, and I didn't have to tell them what happened, cause I know where the cuts or scrapes or bruises or anything. Um, and my lips had swollen to the size of like Kardashian lips, I say, because they were mm -hmm. huge. And um, so they were like, they pretty much gave me an ultimatum. They said you need to file charges or you need to just not talk to us anymore. So, I did. I called the cops and said, I need you to meet me at this gas station. I, I need to talk to y'all about something. And they did. The cops came. And I filed charges um, against him. And they filed a warrant for his arrest. Um, I slept in my parents' house at night. He wound up coming back to my apartment the next day where he was arrested. Mm. And um, from then on... It's been a lot of therapy. It's been a lot of um, talking to people, mm -hmm. looking at different organizations, trying to figure out, you know, 
of filing a lot of paperwork, getting out of one apartment to go to the next, getting this restraining order, you know, getting this, getting that. Mm. Um, it's just, it's been a lot. It's, it's just been, it's been a whole lot. Um, the people from Safe Alliance, I'm trying to remember how they even contacted me. I think it was because the cops, the people, um, at the domestic violence center gave them my phone number it was mm. like I had this folder and it's got a whole bunch of information in it mm -hmm. and um, they wound up contacting me and said if you want to contact us here's our phone number because mm. um, they have a whole lot of resources mm. that they they help you with now let me ask you um damn I had a good question um Oh, therapy. Yeah. You went to see a professional therapist. Yes. What is that like? Because I want to interview a professional therapist. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, from your perspective as being the uh, rehabbed person in the therapy session, what is that like for you? Honestly... It's been life-changing mm -hmm. because I don't think I can make it day-to-day -day without my therapist. Mm. Just because living through something like this, it was very traumatic. And trying to... The nightmares and the visions and the smell of blood and all that stuff. That PTSD sometimes is pretty much what it is. And trying to get over all that stuff is, like, not easy. So, when you have somebody that's helping you to cope and deal with that and mm. live with that on a daily basis, it, is, it makes life bearable again. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, when you walk in there and it's your first session, yeah. what are some of the things they were saying to you as the um, open dialogue? In the first session, you pretty much talk about yourself. You mm. talk about your hobbies. You talk about what do you do for a living. You talk about your childhood. Um... You talk about your education. I mean, they just pretty much get to know you, and then they ask you why you're there. Mm. Yeah. And what issues are you having that brought you to see me, kind of thing. Mm. And so then you just tell them why you're there. And then the next session you go a little deeper. The next session you go even deeper. And so they, they try to identify the issue first, then... Mm-hmm. And then they give you coping me mechanisms to be able to cope with the issues that you have. What's a coping mechanism? Um, well, one of them is medication. <laughs> um, mm. You know, like Xanax and stuff like that. So a solution to your problem. Yeah, I mean, that's like a solution, a temporary solution. Mm -hmm. um, another one is like um, a journal. Like, you can write in your journal. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is just, like, some breathing exercises to help you cope with some anxiety issues. Um, things like that. Okay. Now, closing out, is there anything you want to say, woman, to domestic violence person? Like woman to woman? I was trying to include or, all. Or men too? Yeah, I was okay. To oh, you, you mean all. victim. Yeah. Right? And uh, not like, okay. Yeah. Um, like someone in the relationship? The person that's getting abused. 
Okay. What do you want to say Probably. to them? Um, I want to say, like, get out. Like, get out now while you can. Because if it was me, and man, I'm so lucky, and I see every day that, like, I'm so lucky that he only just punched out my tooth. Because, man, if he hit me that hard, he hit me hard enough, I've been told to the point, I've been told that if he hit me in my head that hard, he would have knocked me into a coma and possibly given me an aneurysm mm. if he had hit me in the head. Now, he didn't. He just hit me in my mouth. But I'm just so lucky to even be alive. But imagine if I wasn't, like, I wasn't ready to die yet. Like, I'm not, I mean, I'm just 30. I'm not ready to go. Yeah. So, think about your life, and is it really worth it? Do you really love that person enough after all that you're going through with them? Do you really love them like that? Mm. That you're willing to give up your life for them? Mm. Alright, and that'll be another dope episode of Me Blanc Amigo, episode 27, Surviving Domestic Violence, What Would You Do, Word to Sadie High. And uh, I'd like to thank my guests for showing some love. I appreciate it. Like always, I stay consistent with these dope-ass episodes. So stay tuned and follow my Instagram at R-O-B-E-I-W-H-Y. And like always, like comment subscribe like the white girls in the valley say i'm out